0: With SDPB News, I'm Megan Fury. A bill to set up a task force to study Indian child welfare in South Dakota has been approved by the House Judiciary Committee. Senate Bill 191 provides for 17 representatives from tribes and state agencies to hold at least eight meetings before November 2024. Their mission is to look for best practices in strengthening Native families so that children can remain in their homes. Victoria Wicks has this report for SDPB.
1: State Senator Red Dawn Foster told the House committee that Native people make up 12 percent of South Dakota's population, but more than 60 percent of the children in custody of the State Department of Social Services. She said the task force will try to figure out what underlies that inequity and how to fix it. Looking at and identifying root causes and where we can put the time resources to address those so that the children don't end up in DSS. She said one key step is to address poverty wherever the child lives. If a child is removed, that the adoptive families are receiving the support that they need to care for the children. Foster noted that the U.S. Supreme Court has heard arguments on the constitutionality of the federal Indian Child Welfare Act, and if that federal law is weakened, South Dakota needs to join several other states in developing laws to fix the gap. Representative Rebecca Reimer questioned if poverty is the only factor in Native children's welfare. I would think there would be multiple conditions or reasons if you would say that they would be removed. Foster said tribes face housing shortages as well as drug and alcohol abuse and a high prison population, but much of it stems from poverty. So looking at all the contributing factors that come along with poverty, natives are disproportionately affected by that. Reimer objected to the bill as having a goal larger than it would be able to meet, but ultimately she voted in favor of it. Earlier in the session, the bill passed through the Senate Health and Human Services Committee and the full Senate with amendments. Senate Bill 191 now goes to the House floor, and if it passes there, to the governor's desk. For South Dakota Public Broadcasting, I'm Victoria Wicks.
0: A Senate committee is advancing a House proposal to cut the overall sales tax cut. But as SDPB's Lee Struminger reports, senators are adding a major caveat.
2: The House bill cuts the state sales tax by 0.3%. A Senate committee wants that overall sales tax cut to be temporary. They're adding a two-year sunset on the proposal. That's due in part to petition language that could wind up on the 2024 ballot to cut the state sales tax on food. Backers of cutting the food tax, including Governor Kristi Noem, say removing it is very popular. Noem ran on cutting the food tax last year. However, House lawmakers killed that proposal, favoring a more broad-based cut as opposed to the narrow cut of food tax. Republican State Senator Jim Stalzer says the sunset is part of a cautious approach to cutting taxes. If the food tax uh, gets taken
3: off and we don't have the revenue to 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 provide for both,
2: this just lets it, without a vote, eliminate this one and move to the other one. Both the overall sales tax reduction and the Food tax removal cut a similar amount, just over $100 million. The House sponsor of the overall tax cut is opposed to the sunset. The bill now heads to Senate Appropriations, where they will weigh whether and how the tax cut fits into the state budget. I'm SDP Lee Strubinger, Impier.
0: A bill to establish a Center for American Exceptionalism at Black Hill State University was killed twice in the House. Because it involved an appropriation, the bill needed two-thirds of the House to vote yes, and it failed in a first vote and again in reconsideration. Victoria Wicks has this story for SDPB.
1: House Bill 1070 was defended on the House floor by its prime sponsor, Representative Scott Odenbach, who said South Dakota should write its own curriculum and textbooks for K-12 civics.
2: The big, woke textbook companies from other states have a near monopoly, are expensive, and are quickly being supplanted by new technology. And they're written by college professors at other out-of-state universities.
1: Odenbach said he had been working for a few years on the concept of building U.S. exceptionalism into education.
2: I've looked at similar institutes in other states for inspiration, of which there are more and more every year.
1: Representative Sue Peterson said she voted against the bill in the first round of voting because it allowed too much oversight from Black Hill State. She read from a letter she received from David Randall of the National Association of Scholars, a conservative organization headquartered in New York City. She said Randall generally approved of HB 1070, but found the university's president and deans could nullify its intent.
0: South Dakota policymakers should not waste taxpayer dollars on a center that would be captured by the higher education establishment.
1: Peterson said the state should fund the center to be self-contained, with a board appointed by the governor and the legislature. The bill faced opposition from Representative Roger DeGroot, a retired educator who called the bill clunky. He criticized the requirement that the center's governing board would report to the legislature. Where
3: do they report that to? Reports it back here. Why not back to the Board of Regents that is establishing this so big government's not involved in it again?
1: DeGroote said the center did not appear to have support at legislative hearings from educational institutions.
3: Who was there to support it and talk? Was the Board of Education there? Was the Board of Regents there? Was the president from Black Hill State there?
1: The bill was narrowly defeated. For South Dakota Public Broadcasting, I'm Victoria Wicks. SDPB's legislative coverage is supported by the Friends of SDPB with corporate support from the South Dakota Bar Foundation and SDN Communications. $13
0: million has been approved for the Sanford Underground Research Facility, or SURF, by the Joint Appropriations Committee. That proposed funding next goes to the House floor for consideration. SDPB's C.J. Keene has more.
4: SB 35 was passed Wednesday with the intent of expanding laboratory space at SURF, located in the Black Hills. Mike Headley is the executive director of the South Dakota Science and Technology Authority. He says SURF is already missing out on opportunities.
3: We have lost recent next-generation experiments to Canada and Italy because we did not have space, and what we're trying to do here is avoid that problem. Uh, Certainly China has been in the conversation a lot recently. They are our major players in underground science as well, and so obviously we're trying to compete with them and make sure that we keep U.S.-funded science in the U.S.
4: Headley said any additional cavern space used by SURF would be home to two large experiments worth as much as a half billion dollars each in funding. However, the goal is to use minimal state money at the facility.
3: For the record, we do not plan to come back for any additional money for this project uh, in the future. So uh, I know you all have long memories when that kind of thing gets said, so (laughs) so we... Uh, We are are saying that uh, if if we do have a shortfall with this project, we are going to address it through private and federal funding.
4: In opposition to the bill was Jim Terwiger, the Bureau of Finance and Management Commissioner. He says there are sustainability questions to be considered. The primary reason for my opposition here today really comes down to um, unanswered questions about when, how much, and for how long into the future should the state be expected to put funding towards the Sanford Underground Research Facility. And with this specific ask, we don't really have anything in, re- in writing regarding the potential for $100 million in private funding. Despite concerns, the funding bill was passed on a 15-3 to 3 vote. I'm SDPB's C.J. Keane.
0: The South Dakota House has passed two large spending bills. One is for planning a new women's prison in Rapid City, and the other, planning and purchasing land for a new men's facility in the Sioux Falls area. HB 1016 allocates $60 million for the women's prison. It passed the chamber 66 to 2 and now goes to a Senate committee. But HB 1017 met some opposition. The bill provides more than $52 million to purchase land for the new facility and move nearly $184 million from the state budget reserve into a prison building fund. Will Mortensen is the Republican House Majority Leader.
2: But make no mistake, this is a core obligation of government. This one where we are housing those incarcerated for the very worst crimes is something we've got to do in this state. It's not an option. We can't just say, oh, I wish this would go away or government shouldn't be in this. We've got to do it.
0: Republican Representative Marty Overweg from New Holland said legislators should slow the process because of too many unanswered questions.
3: I'm not saying that we don't need a new prison for men, but this is not the right way. This is an open checkbook. This is government gone wild.
0: According to the State Department of Corrections, the cost estimate for the new men's prison is between 535 and 550 million dollars. The men's prison funding bill passed 53 to 16. HB 1017 will also now go to a Senate committee. South Dakota is not the only state banning gender affirming care for minors. In Little Rock, a pharmacist's testimony before a legislative committee about the subject resulted in an Arkansas lawmaker asking about her genitalia. The exchange highlights the type of hostile rhetoric that transgender people say they're facing at state houses across the country. Advocates worry the tactics could have a chilling effect on those who want to speak out against a flood of new restrictions targeting trans people. The human rights campaign says at least 150 bills targeting transgender people have been introduced this year. Bans on gender-affirming care for minors have been enacted this year in South Dakota and Utah. Republican governors in Tennessee and Mississippi are expected to sign similar bans into law. Several horses and donkeys were seized Friday from a residence in Boxelder. The week before, the owner was cited for allowing an animal to suffer. According to the Meade County Sheriff's Office, a plan was developed for the care of the animals, but a follow-up investigation revealed the animals were still not being taken care of, even though there were resources to do so. The Sheriff's Office conducted the seizure Friday, working with the Meade County State's Attorney and the South Dakota Animal Industry Board. Charges are pending against the owner, and the case remains under investigation. Governor Kristi Noem ordered flags flown at half-staff on Friday, March 3rd. This is in honor of former U.S. Senator James Aberesk. He served in the U.S. Senate from 1973 to 1979 and was the first Arab-American senator in American history. Senator Aberesk was born in Woods, South Dakota and grew up on the Rosebud Indian Reservation. He went on to serve in the U.S. Navy before and during the Korean War. Following his military service, Senator Abaresk earned a degree in civil engineering from the School of Mines and a J.D. from the University of South Dakota. He served in the U.S. House of Representatives from 1971 to 1973 before he was elected to the U.S. Senate, where he served as the first chair of the Senate Committee on Indian Affairs. A private family service will take place and Senator Abaresk will be buried at Black Hills National Cemetery on Friday. With SDPB News, I'm Megan Fury,
3: And that is your daily news update. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SDPB News and visit sdpb.org news to stay up to date on our journalism as it comes in. And as always, thank you for listening.